Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast coming up on this episode. There's a rumble in the jungle and it's slowing everyone down and people aren't happy going slower. Want to work out or just ride with stronger or weaker mates and still keep it together? We've got a review of Zwift's latest feature. And Virtue Go is Virtue Gone. Can any of the rivals ever hope to live with the Zwift behemoth? We discuss. I am truly delighted to be joined by the regular crew, the Sage of Wisconsin, no less. Nathan Garrett is on the cast. Yo, dude, how's it going? The Sage. I don't know what wizardry I'm bringing here, but I'm doing well here in Wisconsin. It started snowing today, though, so it's Zwift in season. Oh, snow. I don't like the sound of that. And over in uh, the warm lands, the global god of tech that is GP Lama, one Shane Miller, is dialed in from Melbourne. G'day, mate. How are we doing? I'm glad to hear Nathan's got the snow because we've got the heat. I've just stepped in from a 30 degree Celsius ride. I am absolutely cooked. I needed a couple of those um, yeah, headwind fans outdoors today mm, that, nice. didn't, that weren't as hot as the headwind that I had. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, over here in the UK, we're kind of somewhere in the grey, mushy, moist, middle as usual, <laughs> neither hot nor cold. Uh, uh, but there we are. That's that's our little weather chat. We're not on one of those for a while. I'm sure people appreciate our little weather chat. So uh, let's kick off with something relevant, actually. And let's kick off with the new version of an age-old question. It has always been. It's the law. It's always been kicker versus Neo. Yeah, that old chestnut. But for now, those with deep pockets, there is a new burning question. Well, there will be eventually when you can actually buy the damn things. Uh, but let's just get on with it. And that chain is kicker bike or Neo bike. I mean, I know we talked about this last few uh, uh, last few apps, but it is incredibly of interest to lots of people. I think both of the smart bikes have now been in the depths of the Llama Lab for some little time, and you're one of the very, very few people in the world to be in that position. So um, I'm thinking we've kind of given you long enough uh, to answer the big question or at least begin to form an opinion. So let's have it, Shane Miller, kicker bike or Neo bike. This is the same as the kicker versus Neo. I need to make t-shirts with this with this on it. Kicker versus Neo, Neo versus kicker, team kicker, team Neo. There's no right answer here. So let's get that straight out right now. There's, there's no clear winner overall. However, let's look at the front end of the bike. And uh, the kicker hands down wins the kicker bike for the shifting, the shifters and the front end setup mm. of the bike. That's, that's no question about it. And then when it comes to the tilt, well, obviously the kicker bike wins there as well, but People love that Neo feel, that virtual flywheel, mm-hmm. that on top of the gear. And it is, this is the Neo 2T, which is even has more bite into it with the Neo bike. So it's got a good ride feel on the Neo bike. It depends. You're asking at the front of the bike or the back of the bike or over. Uh, there's just no straight answer on this kicker versus Neo question. Both, well, yeah, I mean, that's always been the case, hasn't it? The, the thing is, if you go back to the trainer level, they're both absolutely outstanding trainers. I mean, each iteration brings its own little quirks, but uh, but, but they're both, you can't go wrong with either one of them. And and I, I think you're probably saying the same thing about the bikes. The one thing, though, Shane, reading Ray's big, uh, big, big comparison piece, which as ever was exhaustive and exhausting, and they just get longer and longer, <laughs> get longer, and longer his post, but... um. 
the one thing that caught my eye was both of them have this very wide top tube, which for those of us with, uh, shall we say, chunky thighs, yeah, it's a bit of a worry, that, isn't it? Yeah, look, absolutely. This is something that I've been looking into. Now, the kicker bike for me, I was just touching on the bottom, like at six o'clock each leg. If I was just slowly pedaling, very lazy pedaling, I'd just touch. I wouldn't be a brush. If it was a brush, it'd be a showstopper for me. Um, the Neo bike, I'm sort of touching on two places for now. I haven't the setting just yet because the the seat collar is a little wider but yeah this is a downfall and i've contacted both companies about this both tax and wahoo and they said yeah we're aware of this it affects a small percentage of users we were aware in development but this is what we've gone with yeah i think it's going to affect more people than probably what both those both companies um expected it would that's why i've always finished up my summaries with you're going to have to ride one of these yourself and try it yourself to see if you fit on one of these bikes um bit of a concern and i've been out outside riding on my giant tcr bike with a super skinny frame and i can't make my legs touch no matter what i do so this is something that people will have to look at if they're looking at one of these bikes yeah well you've got to ride it and i think nathan i'd i would do that if i was spending three three thousand of whatever your currency unit of choice uh, is but, uh, dude, I would be just a little bit fed up if my and, – and let's face it, you know, if there's one bit of cyclist that is larger than the average, uh, <laughs> it's usually the thighs. Um, I'd be a bit annoyed, Nathan, wouldn't you, if I'd spent three grand and my thighs were, were touching the top tube? A little bit, I think so. I mean, that's, that's interesting that – at the same time, okay, on the mountain bike, I've had a couple of mountain bikes where that happened. It didn't bug me too much, but I don't know if that's – a mountain biker thing or what? <laughs> like the top two's a little a little thicker on the mountain bike a lot of, a lot of times. And um, when I was adjusting in, in lots of lots of pain, once a time to get a little bit of rub. But from what Shane is saying, it sounds like it's a little bit more than what you would get even on a mountain bike. So interesting there. I have to disagree. The fact like I am surprised that Kicker put the same thing that they have in their regular Kicker into the bike personally, only because for me, the Neo and the hardware that is in that trainer is just superior. And I'm like... Actually, and Shane will be the referee on this. I, I don't think you're right there, mate. The kicker is basically a Neo, isn't it, actually, in, in terms of, of, the, of the, the electro mechanics. Okay, so it's no longer a belt drive? Like, it's no longer... Well, funnily enough, they're both belt-driven, and they're both very similar, but the flywheel and the way it samples the flywheel... So the, the one-up the Neo had over the original kicker, talking back for the direct-drive trainers, is the Neo was sampled, I think, at a 1,000 times a second. So that's why we can get road feel, and it can change the pedal stroke instantly, and it had a few different modes. The kicker could never do that because it was never that uh, responsive. Now it is because it's based on the same, I won't say same design or same tech because it'll be a patent war, I'm guessing. The same shape. It's the same basic idea, isn't it? So there has been an upgrade, though, a major upgrade to the hardware in that trainer for the kicker. Okay, gotcha. Well... Then, then, then it's now at this point, I used to be all in on Neo. Okay. I mean, like I was all, and now, now I got to go ride both of them. <laughs> I definitely have to go ride both of them. The only thing is there's like a $500 difference. It looks like, or more between Neo and the kicker and you can get a Neo for $500 cheaper. It looks like USD. Yeah. It, it's, it comes down to what you get, what you pay for. Even looking at the Watt bike Atom based on, a, well, I might say a lot older, older step of technology with different gearing and no screen display of the gear changes. Then you step it up to the Neo bike, which doesn't have tilt, um, has a 
different shifting mechanism, not as much customization on the front. Then you step it up again with an extra $500. This is sort of within $500 increments or so. And then the kicker bike gives you tilt, full customizability and levers that feel like Shimano DI2. My first ride on the kicker bike was just jump on and go. It felt like a bike. And that's a huge step up from a few of the others I've tried. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that 500 bucks basically buys you the climb built in. The, the extra 500 bucks basically buys you the climb, doesn't it? I, I mean, I think what this discussion proves is, um, uh, well, uh, you know, assuming anybody's ever going to be able to buy these things, and that is, <laughs> is some time away, certainly for the kicker bike in North America, um, we are going to see a lot of discussion about uh, the relative merits of, of, of these two things, Assu- assuming there's enough people who are actually going to put their hands in their pockets. I, I personally think there will be. Uh, but, and, and I'm sure we'll come back to that in a future in a future episode or episodes. But interesting to get your early take on it, Shane, which was kind of it's a bit of a repeat of the kicker versus Neo argument, isn't it? Really, they're both good, and choose the one you prefer. I'm on the feds. I'm on the feds still. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. Uh, whatever your weapon of choice, smart bike, smart trainer, or rollers, you ain't going to be riding it on one of Zwift's rivals this winter. Danish domiciled, partly Australian-based Virtugo was a kind of decent enough attempt at a virtual cycling platform, but it just never built any traction. And just as the new indoor season gets underway, Mick Rogers, the very, very uh, amiable Australian former pro rider, announced um, it was all over. Um, according to your pal Ray Shane, Virtugo had just 1,000 active users. I mean, that's just not enough. Uh, it's not enough for anything, is it really, Shane? It's not enough to generate sufficient income. Uh, each subscriber was only paying six bucks, bucks a month, but maybe more importantly than that, it's not enough to give inside riders what they now want, which is company and a social experience. Yeah. This was interesting news, but we haven't seen a lot from Virtua Go on the social side of things recently. They've had a few small releases. They've had uh, ghost riders and things, but we just haven't seen the uptake that we've uh, that we've seen, especially back in the day with Swift. So I guess stepping back from this, and I've heard a few times people saying this about Virtua Go and others, is that nobody can compete with Zwift and their marketing budget. But then if you back up a few years for where Zwift came from, the reason the three of us are sitting here is due to a company bringing a product to the market at just the right time with a quality that nobody had done before. So was it late late 2014? I think it was. Uh, Zwift filled the gap that needed filling, and that was taking these indoor smart trainers, which did exist at the time, and did something exciting with them. At the time, Zwift was a game changer. And I think at the time, Zwift had less than 10 employees. And again, using the Wayback Machine, I don't recall Zwift spending a single cent on marketing for probably 12 months, maybe more. It was all organic. It was all online, social media, and people like the three of us just sharing the experience, doing what we loved on Zwift, just sharing the, oh my God, you've got to try this experience. It's such a game changer. And that got others in there as well. So look, to be honest, I can't shed a tear over a company who simply came along and attempted to replicate what Zwift already did without any real unique value proposition. Virtual Go timing, I think was a bit wrong. Had they done it a year prior to Zwift, then they'd be in a very different position and they would have had the eye of some venture capitalist funding. But back to my point about the marketing dollars, it's a timing thing and having a good product. And my closing statement, Your Honor, is that we're talking on a podcast, not on a Zoom cast. And the history there is the Zoom was released five years after the iPods released. So like I think these days, yeah, if the company is going to be successful these days, you've got to bring to market a product that doesn't just copy, but it has to be a breakthrough. And uh 
people are, con- are claiming you know, Virtual Go is probably a bit of an underdog. It's a bit of a sad story and get upset about that. But Virtual Go was likely conceived in a boardroom or a business meeting. Zwift, on the other hand, came from John Mayfield in his spare time at home. Zwift is the original underdog who succeeded. It's an excellent point, that, Shane. I mean, I'd, I'd probably quibble that, that, that Zwift didn't spend a cent on marketing in the first 12 months. Actually, actually, I think they did, but they spent it very wisely. But, but that, I mean, the bigger point, I think, Nathan, is one of the reasons for, the, for Zwift's success, I mean, there's lots of them, and they're reflected in the reasons for Virtuco's failure as well, I think. But one of the reasons for Zwift's success was chemistry, actually. It was the chemistry between... John Mayfield and Eric Min. John was like super brilliant genius at having a vision and Eric is the consummate networker and a brilliant money raiser. And those two guys, I mean, there were two other founders as well. They did fly a little bit more under the radar and they did bring a lot to it. But John and Eric, that chemistry, that kind of meeting of minds and and sharing of skills. I mean, that that accounts, I think, for a lot of success. Yeah, 100% there, I think. I mean, uh, John built something really, really cool, an opportunity, great opportune time, as Shane was saying. And then Eric... Uh, really believes anything he's telling you. <laughs> like, I mean, he's like, and you can tell he really believes it and you just want to, you know, he, he's a great leader and you want to follow in some ways. And we're like, wow, that sounds amazing. So um, his, you know, I, I think he was the marketing team up yeah, front, right, you know, yeah. so um, there, there's that reality too. Um, you know, I also think that there's this, if they would have done something really small and done it really, really well, like, and not try to do so many things. Like they had a lot of courses right up front. They had a lot of like, I feel like they spread out the potential in too many different places, like try to do too many things rather than just do one thing really, really, really well. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and Ray Maker made the same thing in his, his very good, as usual, very good piece on, on, on why it went. He used the phrase, they tried to boil the ocean, you know, which I thought was <laughs> a very good phrase, actually. They tried, they did, just tried to do everything. Um, Shane, let's pull this back to Zwift, which is the reason why we're all here. I mean, whenever a competitor dies, it, it, for whatever reason, it it's generally not a good thing if you're interested in this space, is it, really? And, and, and a, um, a participant in this space and a paying subscriber in this space, because I, th- I think it's a cliche, but it's, it's nonetheless true. Competition is good. It does keep the incumbents, the, uh, the giants, the, you know, the 800-pound gorilla, it does keep them on their toes a bit. I mean, how do you think this news would have gone down in, in Long Beach? Kind of, we don't care, or... How, you know, does it make their life harder or easier, do you think? I think it would have been an eyebrow raise, and that's probably about it. Zwift is just pelotons ahead um, in regards to the fundraising and the market share they currently have. Um, if Virtugo had a value prop that was interesting, dangerously interesting, and dangerously successful, let's think Trainer Road, for example, have a massive database of workouts and plans to follow, a massive following. If, if it was something like Trainer Road disappearing, then Zwift would be like, whoa, maybe not a direct competitor for the 3D world, which Virtua Go was. But look, to be honest, I don't think Virtua Go had any value prop that Zwift were worried about in one bit. I agree. I, th- I think it would have been noted with 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 passing interest and no more, really. Um, Nathan, do you think a, a one of the rivals, you know, and they are at various different stages of development and with various different levels of interest, do you think one of them will ever emerge as a reasonable challenger to Zwift? 
Um, well, what's on my mind right now is uh, some challenges that are going on between Amazon and Microsoft in the gaming world right now. And I think it would need to be on the level of, hey, suddenly somebody as big as Microsoft is interested and starts saying, hey, we're going to throw, for those that might not know in the streaming world, we just saw three of the biggest streamers that exist move from Twitch to Mixer. They probably got written a check. There's no public information as far as what they got paid just up front, but you can also subscribe to them for free for a month straight, which is a lot of money, huge amount of money, right? So Shroud, Ninja, and now Gathalion all have moved, and that's like tens of thousands of thousands. I mean, that's like 100,000 to 200,000 people moving over from one platform to another. Um, and so that kind of numbers, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe I'm over-exaggerating, 50,000 to 100,000, I'll say, but that's a lot of um, investment money that you'd have to just throw around. And it's like a one of the biggest companies in the world, Microsoft, has taken interest. So I think at this level, at this point, um, that's the kind of competition. And I've said it over and over again. I'm not sure it's going to come from the ground up, like, unless it's super innovative, like Shane is saying. I think it'll have to be like, huh, this is something we want to do too. And let's bring it in, you know, at a uh, at a competitive AAA game level. So there, I don't know, augmented realities, who knows, uh, something that would really uh, catch people in a new way. For sure, it's got to be deep pockets, but it's got to be deep pockets, I mean, massively deep pockets, but it's got to be deep pockets allied with genuine innovation, something that is not just copycat. I mean, that, you know, and, and what that could be, nobody nobody really knows. Uh, well, look, this seems like an apposite point to play our annual guessing game on Peak Swift. Uh, we do this most years, actually. I think we've done it the last two or three. It shows how long we've been going, doesn't it? Are we getting stale? Are we getting stale, boys, doing this year after year? <laughs> still fun. I don't know. It's still fun, exactly. So let's, let's keep doing it. Um, so the annual guessing game on Peak Swift. This is uh, very simple rules. Uh, each of us has to guess what will be the highest number of concurrent users on the platform and when that might occur. Uh, here's what we said last year. At peak Swift, fellas. It came on a January Tuesday, around two weeks into 2019, and it was a little over 13,000 concurrent Swifters. Which just goes to show you should never change horse midstream. My, my initial guess was 13,500, as against Shane's just a shade over 11,000 and Nathan's 15,000. Shane, I remember you being low ball, as that clip just proved. Uh, Nathan was Mr. Optimistic, and I was somewhere in the middle, but I think I changed my mind halfway through after speaking to Eric Min, which was... Uh, Fairly typical of me, you know, um, sitting on the fence and sitting on the fence and then moving moving towards the most likely outcome. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, I should always win this game. I'm the host, for God's sake. So, um, with all those millions the big Z spent over summer with their mahoosive ad campaign payoff this winter, let's play the Peak Zwift guessing game. Uh, I'm going first. Sorry, lads, producer's prerogative, so you can just suck it up, buttercups. I'm saying we will have an increase of 5,000 concurrent Zwifters over last year. So that will give us a total of 18,000 Zwifters in the game, and that's both maps totaled up together, and that will happen on the second Tuesday in January. Nathan, step forward. 
Oh man. Okay. Um, I'm going for the third Tuesday in January and I will say 20,573. <laughs> okay. 20,000. Well, like, you know, I'm glad to say you are obviously by nature, a sunny and optimistic person. Oh. And I'm, I'm glad to know you. Firm. This is the year that it's going to like, boom. I don't know. I don't know if that's even a boom that much extra, but. I'm glad to be your friend. You're so sunny and optimistic. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Baldy in Australia, generally, <laughs> you know, generally a little more. I'm not going to say pessimistic. Maybe generally a little more uh, reasonable in setting expectations. <laughs> let's, let's use that cliche. Anyway. Shane, your turn. Yeah, look, sticking with my theme, I wouldn't call this a low ball. Look, my theme of low balls is because I want it to exceed what I say, and it has all the time. So let's go with 16666. Ooh. 16,666 um, on the first Tuesday of January. People are going to get in earlier this okay, year. Okay, so you've gone 16.6. I've gone 18. Nathan, you had so many numbers in it, I can't remember. But it was north. It was north. <laughs> 20,573. We're playing the prices right. Do you guys even know how to play the prices right? I mean, come on. I actually, I'm, I'm betting $1. $1, and then this is going to be below everybody and we're good to go. I am so, US dollar? I'm so bad with numbers. You guys, do you guys even know the prices right? Everybody in America is going, know. Lower, lower, lower. And everyone, uh, in fact, I used to work, strange enough, if you want a little diversion, I used to work at the TV studios. Um, when I worked in TV, I used to work at the place where they made the British version prices right. And um, uh, I don't know if I'm dis- displaying trade secrets here, but they used to bust, them, bust the audience in. And, and at that that time, um, it was a kind of uh, things. Shall I just say things were a little easier in the TV industry than than they were now? And we used to have a we used to have a subsidised bar on the premises for the for the use of the staff. And uh, when they used to bust the audience in, they would just decant them straight into this bar and open it up for free. And and shall I, you know, when the <laughs> Shall I just say, get a little motivation going? Wow! <laughs> we need to do this for the Swiftcast. <laughs> <laughs> so when the when the audience uh, was eventually admitted to the studio, uh, having benefited from a completely free bar, can I just say their excitement levels about playing a, a game show were slightly higher than they might have been when they first arrived? It was always very. <laughs> <laughs> the price was right. You know, I mean, <laughs> there we free. go. Well, the price is free. That's always the right. <laughs> anyway, we we really have diverged. But anyway, that that was the uh, Peak Zwift guesses, um, and uh, we will obviously revisit it where I expect to be gloating over my fellow Zwiftcasters in total triumph as I did last year. Right on. Well, let's move on to an issue that's provoked a little controversy and um, a game update wouldn't be complete without that. I'm calling it the Rumble in the Jungle. Um, We sort of touched upon this last episode, but it has been a bit of a developing story. So for those who haven't been following it, here's a quick upsum. The rolling resistance of dirt sections in Zwift has been changed, which basically means dirt is slower for every bike except the mountain bike. Now, on short sections of dirt, kind of like through the marina, this is fairly inconsequential, actually, but on long sections of dirt, like the jungle, it has proved to be something of a big big deal. 
How big? Well, speeds are being cut by up to five miles an hour. Some people have reported even slower. I'm not sure I believe that, but at least five miles an hour. And this has had consequences. So a bit of a long list, this. Bear with me, um, but let's look at some of the consequences. People are saying that their old stats on the jungle are now meaningless. They'll never be able to beat their old PBs or use old PBs in any meaningful way to measure effort one point people are saying it's fair enough to increase the rolling resistance of dirt but it's been overdone it's like cycling in sand not hard packed dirt or gravel that kind of summarizes a common reaction that's point two point three is that people are saying that group rides and races have become very difficult and this is because some riders have updated meaning they're slower on dirt and some haven't making them faster so the groups just just blow apart uh that's point three Count. There's only two more. Uh, people are saying that it might be fair enough to reflect the different rolling resistance of different surfaces in the game, but they just don't want to be messing about with selecting the right bike and or tyres. They just want to get on the game and ride. Uh, these people are saying they're just not going to ride the jungle section, which, which would be a shame. And people are also saying that they need to complete the steering challenge to get the mountain bike, which is the best bike for the gravel section um, or the dirt sections. But either they might not want to do that or they don't have the right setup to do it. So, oh, phew, breathless. I mean, that is quite a long list. Um, have I missed anything off that list, Nathan? I, I hope not. Um, hmm. I don't think so. Besides that, we have seen some videos of people switching bikes, and that's pretty cool that we're back yeah. to the bike swaps, which I – the first bike swap we ever saw completed was at the top of the KOM – um, no, no, the tower. It was at the top of the tower. It was a, then the charity, it was what 3R was, but before they were 3R, they were World Bicycle Relief. And before they were World Bicycle Relief, they were the Z. It was the, the, the Z, the Polys, whatever. So anyways, Team Z was running a big race and Kim Little and Casey Shum did a bike swap and they had hotkeys yeah. set up for it. And they just pushed one button and bam, they swapped bikes. And John Mayfield was like, we can't let that happen. <laughs> and, yeah. and, then, and, and then he made it so that you had to like actually stop and you couldn't just swap bikes while rolling. In, or, or maybe he did that before. But anyways, they had a hot key. They stopped at the top, and then they were able to go down way faster on the TT bike, and they won the race maybe or whatever. Um, so bike swapping is a thing again, which I think is cool personally. Um, you know, for all of these points, I'm just kind of like – Okay, there's legacy Strava trails. Like, there's lots of trails locally here that got changed, and I can't get that KOM anymore. Yeah. And whoever had it will have it forever because there's trees there now. So, okay. Um, I think that it's kind of cool that things are changing in Zwift as far as that goes. And those are just legacy PBs, and you get new ones. Um, yeah. The, Fair uh, enough. Yep. You know, the rolling just on dirt overdone. I don't know is it really deep maybe it is kind of sandy dirt i mean <laughs> like i mean have you ever tried like riding a road bike on dirt versus a mountain bike it's pretty fast the mountain bike compared to your road bike unless i mean unless we're talking i don't know like i guess this is, well, that, that, this, is this is when we get into what kind of dirt is it yeah it, it don't, i mean on a kind of visual look it looks like in game it looks like it, it it's that kind of hard pack gravel which is i mean i i actually quite frequently ride a, uh, a road bike on that kind of stuff because when i ride out in in spain there's a whole network of those paths and i sometimes use a couple of them 
over five, six, eight, ten miles to get into the city because it beats a lot of traffic. And I have to tell you, it's not a great deal slower than than tarmac. So I'm ashamed. Have they, have they overdone it? Do you think? Oh, first of up, first of all, I've got to say hashtag Dirtgate. That was this week's scandal on Swift. <laughs> the week before that, there was something happening with British cycling. The week before that, there was something else. Uh, I can't wait for next week. What's going to come up on the cards? Look, for me, this, this makes Swift more realistic. Whether they've overdone it or not, I don't know. It's a bit of fun. Look, I rage quit at one point because I was testing this exact update, um, but it hadn't had the update pushed. So I did 225 watts in the jungle circuit on the Tron bike, then on the mountain bike, and there were no, it just wasn't as different as what I thought until the next update came along and then did fix it. So I think here, this is just teething problems. This The update getting rolled out. Once everybody is on the same code base and has the same disadvantage or advantage, depending on what your bike you're on, there's not a problem here. It's kind of funny because people are saying that I ride Swift for the, for the realism, not for the cartoon Halloween costumes or this or that. And then so Zwift make it more realistic. And people are like, I hate it being realistic. I want it to be more unreal. You can't please yeah. everyone. Look, I, I like it. I like it. This thing opens this opens up for things like different bikes in the future for trails or for gravel rides or something like that. You, you don't want people ripping past on a Tron bike. It's not real. Yeah. So the rollout was a bit uh, a bit dodgy. It's funny you should say that. And 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 I, I take the point about bike swapping. Uh, Nathan, um, Eric, our friend at Swift Insider, did some tests, and he ranks you can do it in, in as little as twenty seconds. Uh, and the time lost on dirt, it, it would st- it would be a benefit to change bikes. Um, there's, there's a hassle factor in that, and you know if this is going to be a thing, I don't know why John hasn't built a great big bike park actually at the entrance to the jungle section, which would be really cool. You know, like a, you know those places, things you get at sportives where you drop your bike off, or what's that strange sport that people do involving uh, running and swimming. Try, 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 try. try <laughs> I thought you were going to say cyclocross. Try Ironman. Uh, try, yeah, yeah, try athletes, something. I think they're called. Try something. Yeah, yeah strange yeah. people. Anyway. No um, <laughs> I, I, I go somewhere I, with I, a I, K. I don't know. There's like volcanoes and it's hot. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> like to yeah, suffer that, more. Tony, than 2012. Tony. I know. They don't wear socks. Either. I mean, how can you live in a world where you don't wear socks to ride a bike? Anyway, uh, let's, <laughs> let's not upset. <laughs> our, our triathlete friends, really. We love them. Uh, we do love them. We love them greatly. I, I just don't know why they can't ride a bike and stop all the whole running and, <laughs> whole running and swimming thing. But, you know, but anyway, there we go. Um, <laughs> um, now, so I did talk to John about this. I Well, actually, I did that thing, boys. You'll be pleased to hear me say this. I reached out. I reached out to John. I can't believe I'm using those words. Uh, I contacted John and, and asked, <laughs> asked him for a bit of input into this. And he did say, well, look, I was going to write a blog post about this anyway, so why don't you look at that and, and you'll get my thoughts. And that's exactly what he did. And he wrote something on the forum. So for those who have not seen it, this is what John said. Uh, uh, but to your point, um, Nathan, he hinted very strongly that we are going to get gravel bikes, cross bikes, and even fat bikes coming to Zwift, which is all very exciting. And he said, with that in mind, it was time to make dirt ride more like dirt. We're going to uh, go find quote. the Yeti. We're going to go find the Yeti on the snow <laughs> of the Alps. Oh, my gosh. If we get fat bikes, it would be amazing to go riding through snow. Really ch- okay, go ahead. <laughs> Will he chase us on the downhill like Ski Free? I hope he chases us on the downhill and captures us. <laughs> Fat bikes are funny things on there. I saw one the other day. They're just so Some of the funnest weird. racing I've ever done was on fat bikes. The really? so much fun. Cause it's it's so 
Um, it's new. There's a lot of randomness to it to that you have to like adjust to really quickly. So like if you enjoy cyclocross racing, it's like, it's like stepped up cyclocross racing in some ways, especially in the mud. If you're in a cyclocross race and you have to really adjust on the fly lock, especially with deep snow, it's, it's pretty cool. It, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Floating through snow on a bike at high speeds is amazing. And then there's people all around you racing too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that sounds good. But don't they weigh you like three tons, Nathan? I, my, the ones we've built have been like 20 pounds. 20, really? Yeah, if you get it the right setup, you can get them really, really light. There's no suspension. So it's actually, you can get it down to like a hard, like a... a as much as your full suspension bike because the extra weight is just in the in the rubber. So you're... you're have you... Go ahead. Have you, have you ridden one... Shane, I mean, they, they just look like motorbikes, but not like bicycles. No, 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 I haven't, no. <laughs> yeah, you can tell the two roadies, can't you? Um, um, John, uh, back to John. John, he does concede that this change wasn't handled, in his word, gracefully. He said, you know, the impact on group rides by different users updating at different times was, again, in his words, a poor job by Zwift. And this will be changed in the future with some simple restrictions to ensure a more level playing field. I think what he means by that is you can't get into it. There will be, if there is an event, you won't be able to get into that event unless you're updated to the latest client, which sounds very sensible to me. Um, and that was his final thoughts, actually. He said, we'll ensure that everybody riding on events, specifically on the jungle circuit, will be doing so on the same class of bike, where, like a mountain bike, for instance. Okay, so um, dirt gate. Uh, overdone, I think you you, 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 you boys are saying. But uh, uh, Shane, uh, the thing is that it was actually quite a big change, which impacted on people's experience and messed with their PBs. People don't like that. Do you, do you think it, people don't like change? Well, people don't like change. No, no. But people do like improvement. But I mean, I guess the point is: do you think do you think it could have just been communicated a little better to the community? That's a good word. Yes, but look, I would have. I would have touched base. I wouldn't have reached out. I would have touched base with John. So th- th- that may have been a bit different. <laughs> now, look, yeah, it would have been nice to uh, to send out a heads up. However, however, because as I said, people don't like change. Even if they had have given people the heads up, it still would have caused dirt gate. So this is a bit of a band-aid, like rip it off, get it done. Are we now on the new version for everyone? Okay, now everyone shut up and just ride. Mm. He's a dinosaur kid. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Nathan, the opposite to <laughs> communicating, you know, every – coffin spit of change, uh, you know, and spoon feeding people information. The opposite to that is, I think the word is dis- discovery. And this is obviously a, a gamey thing is that, you know, you dis- you discover new features, you're not told about them. I, I guess that'd be the side of the fence you'd, uh, you'd park your fat bike on. I don't know. I, Easter eggs are one thing, okay? You go and you find something that's cool. Things that are in any way competitive at all, PVE, PVP, PVP, PVE, which you can mix them all in some ways, they should be communicated in my opinion. Like if there's advantages to be gained and people in the game are going to be riding against each other and not know what's going on and why it's happening, that's really frustrating. Like, um, I, I'm actually all about, I I personally have thought there's been too much discovery, uh, on the Zwift side of things up front and that, uh, I've been asking for more in some of the releases as far as the nitty gritty of things. Um, like how things work and why. That surprises me. I thought you'd been the other way, actually. No, but but, I mean, I think think you're absolutely right when it, when it, it, it impacts 
a group, for instance. So when when Dirtgate first came up, there were people saying, "What the hell is going on? This guy's going, you know, putting out less power than me and streaking ahead." And and that was all that kind of differential updating of uh, of clients, um, and that was very confusing. But I, I'm kind of surprised that you you think there's been too much discovery. Yeah, I just I think. Um I like discovery when it comes to like going and finding things that are like cool finds or, but, but finding things that impact competition, um, or impact, uh, the way that, you know, I earn things or, or, or things, I don't know it's like, okay, like if I go to a KOM and everybody kind of knows the KOM is there and then I do it a certain way and then I get like some cool prize for it, that's that's great. Like I, I'm totally down with that discoverability when it comes to like, oh, you did something special and now everybody needs to go find that same thing that's special. But I'm mainly talking about like changes that have to do with um, competing against each other for you know, different speeds or, or, you know, things like that, that can just be like, you don't know what's happening or why it's happening. And you're trying to race or you're trying to ride a certain KOM or whatever it might be. And you're just, you just get confused. That confusion doesn't help with gaming. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, that's the main thing is like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why the input I'm putting in is failing. And since I can't change my strategy to beat the game, I just quit. That's what that's, if it feels unfair, then that's not gaming. That's just, it's unfair and I'm done. You know, yeah, so. and then and then you end up you end up with the with the jungle being just like deserted because people are confused or they can't be able to change bikes or you know whatever whatever. whatever. Yeah, so having mm. more information then to not get confused, I think, would be, uh, you know, so so that, I think that's the defining factor. Will this cause confusion, or will it cause uh, excitement and 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 ex- exploration and curiosity? You know, like things that would cause curiosity and exploration, great. Things that just cause confusion and can competitive space that's not good for anybody in my opinion yeah okay well that, that's a nice cue actually you've obviously been reading the script Nathan that's a nice cue into the into the next item which is um let's put Durgate to bed I I, I think I, th- I think that's a good response from John actually I, I think it's a very reasoned response and maybe this whole issue could have been avoided just with maybe a little bit of extra communication on exactly what was happening but but um, I think it will settle down. It will settle down. Um, talking of settling down, um, this is a very personal thing, and I might only be me. And I have to say, in my last couple of rides, I've not noticed it quite as much as I did on the ride that prompted it. But anyway, to quote James, that's the band, not the dude, oh, sit down, oh, sit down, oh, sit down, sit down next to me, sit down, down, down. Right. Okay, that's a clue. I, honestly, I'll show you it's best... I don't think that, uh, but maybe you two should try. Uh, <laughs> I you don't know, know this song at all. I don't even know what uh, this I, I, is. This is some rando UK band that we've never heard of, Simon. <laughs> we've got it here in the script. I've got no idea what this is. <laughs> Nathan, you? All I see in the script is lyrics and this prompt to sing, and I'm like, I, I feel like what, I'm, like, being, I'm like out in the block being forced to do the Christmas carols with my family or something right now. Like, why don't you we do it? You've never heard of Sit Down I played the song. I played the song. I'm, no, I've never heard of it. I played it today. I'm like, what is this? Where's the, where's the, uh, um, yeah, chorus. Never heard. I, I despair. In that case, I'm going to abandon this entire, I'm going to abandon this entire idea of getting you to sing it. You can't sing a song that you don't know. I'm sure lots of listeners will know this song anyway, so they can just imagine it. 
uh, probably avoid me get these copyright problems anyway. Anyway, <laughs> it's a very convoluted in- introduction to this item, which is, which is about this. Okay, so this is turning into a bit of a moan cast, actually. And like I say, this might be just me, so I'm, I'm hoping you two can, can, can help me with this. But there's been another change to the game, okay? Previously, if your cadence dropped, I think it was 70 RPM. I'm, I'm almost sure it was 70. It might have been 60, but I'm pretty sure it was 70. Anyway, that was the threshold for deciding whether your dude stood up or sat down, okay? I thought that was pretty close to in real life. You you tend to stand up if you get to 70 or below, uh, or you can do in certain circumstances, but, the, but the, you're more likely to stand up at that kind of cadence. Now the threshold has changed to 80 RPM. And uh, this might be my fault, probably is my fault, actually, but that just happens to be my, my cadence. Now, I know we're all supposed to spin along like a bloody hummingbird at 95, but I just don't do that. I grind away at 80, and I'm very happy at 80, and that is my natural cadence. Now they've changed the threshold to, to, to 80. I am up and down like a, like a jack-in-the-box. I mean, it's just, I, the, it was insane, this ride I did the other day. I don't know whether it was a combination of slope and cadence, but my guy was in and out, up and down like a bride tonight. It drove me insane. Um, and, and I don't know whether it was particularly in workout mode. I don't know whether it was particularly because I was on a bit of a slope. I, I, I don't know. But anyway, it, up and down, up and down, up and down. I could better look at the screen. It drove me crazy. Shane, 70 sort of made sense. I'm not sure that 80 does, does it, as the threshold? Ah, spin gate. Hashtag spin gate. <laughs> I wonder what the next week was going to be. <laughs> Look, yeah, a lot of efforts are done at 80 RPM in the saddles. Um, yeah, I think 70 is about right. Maybe 70.666 or something <laughs> like that. Um, but look, we've also got the technology to know when people are standing up and sitting down on their bikes. I think look, keep it at 70, but implement something that takes into account if you've got a power meter that supports cycling dynamics, that can analyze your pedal stroke, and it does know yeah, with yeah. quite good accuracy yeah. if you're standing up or sitting down. That's what I'd like to see. I, I think leave that one alone, implement cycling dynamics, use that as a bit of marketing tool that they're now integrating more with um, the technology we have, force trainer manufacturers to do more with the spin analysis on bikes, and then it'll just be a thing that we accept. Um, changing it to 80, though, yeah, as you said, it sounds like your guy needs a new saddle. <laughs> if he's out of it. No, but 80 just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem right to me. I mean, it, that, Nathan, am, am I am I you know a, a solitary voice in the wilderness here? I don't think so. I think eighty RPM. So for the longest time, eighty RPM was just kind of pretty natural to me. Um, I from indoor cycling and really working on it, and some years of just uh, trying to get faster. Um, you know, I, I upped it to eighty five to ninety. You know, and then outdoors, I tend to gain five to ten RPMs even, uh, but. I don't know, like 80 RPM, I sit down plenty. I mean, maybe it's a mountain biker little thing too because you tend to grind just a little bit more and you hit a lot more hills and changes and undulations. So, uh, but 80, um, that seems pretty, like that's pretty high actually. It's people between 80 and 90 RPM is, is just kind of a normal cadence for most people, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah so, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I, you see, I would say 80 is a pretty average cadence. So it's like a weird number to choose as a threshold. I, I want to know like having... like what genre of cycling the person is from that decided that. That's what I want to yeah. know because... Yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I do too. Well, I, you know, 
this is an awful thing to say, because I can't believe it wouldn't be true, but I, I wonder if that decision has been taken by a person who's actually a cyclist. Hmm. It, or somebody who is at Kona, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I was going to say Tradley. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, there's, there's the reality of that. They're really focused in on the, um, and it's a good thing for the sport. It's not even a critique in a bad way. Like it's the most efficient way to pedal is 90 to a hundred. And efficiency is a huge thing when you're doing longer events that are super solo like that. Cause you don't have a lot of variations and try, right? Like you're by yourself and you're cycling fast and you're going as fast as you can in a TT essentially. That's all about steady cadence. And so um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, the reality of it. Ugly rumor, isn't it? Great rumor, just <laughs> absolutely great. <laughs> Any problem in game, we can just brain blame triathlete, triathlete coders. Oh <laughs> God, I'm going to get into trouble. So we're getting in so trouble. trouble. We're getting in trouble. Jordan Rapp is like, like I mean, just like curling over, like clenching fists right now. Like. Oh no! Try honestly, we do love you, Trav. We really, really do. I, mean, I don't know why you bother with us. The bike part of triathlon is fantastic. The time trial part is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Never run unless chased and only swim to prevent drowning. Um, anyway, so uh, that was a bit of a moan. I, I, actually, I would generally be interested in, in feedback on this, on, on Zwickast listeners. You know, is this 80 RPM thing, standing up and sitting down, and does it, has it bothered you? Have you even noticed it? It might have just been a rogue ride of mine, and I was just kind of hovering in that weird... Uh, it's not in a grey area, is it? In that weird kind of up-down zone the whole time. Uh, maybe it was just me, maybe it was a rogue, maybe it's a bug. I don't know. Let's hear from Zucas listeners. Okay, well, let's uh, let's move on. Oh, lots of chat from us. It's about time we heard from somebody else, I think. Um, and we're going to do that, so that's good news. Um, we've had private meetups for a while now. This is the feature where you follow or uh, people you follow or follow you can get together and have a ride. And jolly good that's all been. But now there's a refinement, same deal, but Zwift has added in the rubber band effect. So if you're riding with stronger mates or weaker mates, or even if you're all doing different workouts, then you stay together. Sounds good, doesn't it? Does it work? Let's find out. Well, welcome to the Zwiftcast to an IRL riding buddy of mine, Christian Neistry. Hi, Christian. Hi, Si. How are you doing? Uh, not bad at all, thanks, my friend. Um, now, the reason I've got you on is to talk about something that we've often planned to do, and you did, in fact, invite me, and sadly I couldn't make it, but that was not only was it a, a group ride, a private group ride, which has been functionality that's been around in Zwift for a while, but it's a new bit of functionality, which is, I'm not even quite sure what we call it, actually, keep together group ride or rubber banded group ride. So rather than me whitter on about that, why don't you just tell us why that appealed to you? Yeah, so we've got a group of friends who are avid Zwifters um, spread about all over the country, really. Um, and it's a good opportunity for us to all get together and ride. We're of fairly differing abilities. So some who are much higher and find it a lot easier to be knocking out four watts per kilo. And I'm quite happy to potter along a little bit more at the lower end of two and a half to three and thought this would be a great way that we could actually all ride together um, and, and be able to ride a course um, as a joined up group. Yeah, and, and that's the point, isn't it, is the joined up group. For, the, for those who've not come across this bit of functionality, it's exactly as you describe. It's it's for a way of 
usually a group of mates, I think, to ride together, even if they're of differing abilities and you can't fall off the back and you can't shoot off the front. Was it easy to set up, Christian? Yeah, it was really easy to set up um, through the app. Uh, user experience was great. Select your course was really easy. Invite people who you follow or who follow you. Really, really easy. Appeared in everyone else's companion app. They could tick. I could then see whose tick to accept. I could see that Cy Schofield hadn't accepted. Um, <laughs> and uh, I could see how many people we were expecting to come onto the to the ride so yeah really good excellent and and your brother was on this wasn't it who you you tried to ride with in real life as much as possible yeah exactly so that was a great he lives down south in tunbridge wells i'm in leeds um it's a great way for us to be able to to ride together and, and still be able to do our own thing effectively within the group the the ride itself yeah well easy setup i mean that is such an important thing so that that sounds like a big tick in that box so on the how did it go uh box is there a tick tick there uh yes i think overall um yes a big tick uh, it went really well really fun to have everyone together uh there were a couple of glitches which could touch upon later um but we all stayed together the hour ride went by really quickly um we all kind of did our own thing so for example i did something simple like two 20 minute efforts with a little bit of a break in between and others were just were riding hard for certain sections of the route we did um a bit up the epic com so people were able to push a little bit harder up there um, but ultimately we all kept as a group and were able to sort of chat um chat and and, and communicate with each other as well excellent and what, what what's the chat mechanism is that in game yes it is in game it's in the app so um that was one of the things that just was a little bit glitchy my app kept reverting sort of the non-ride mode. Um, and then when I went into the group messages for our specific group, um, it looked like we got mixed in with like a Polish ride that was happening at the same time. <laughs> so they, we could, confusing. Yeah, we could see their messages as well. But um, ultimately, my, I was the ride leader. My messages appeared on everyone's screen in the, in the centre, as you would expect for a ride leader on a group ride. Um, and we were all able to, yeah, just share our share our days have a bit of chat it was the day that the tour de france route came out so that's a good, another topic of conversation excellent and i mean it sounds like everybody the whole group enjoyed it by the sounds of things yeah absolutely i think um i've got a, a one friend who's particularly competitive who found the climbing speeds up the com um a bit frustrating um because he ended up going a bit slower than he usually would for his standard power output but what was it was just nice to be all riding together. It was a really, really positive experience. As you say, you're an experienced Swifter, experienced outside rider. I think it'd be great to hear what you felt could be improved on, on with this this bit of functionality. Keeping everyone together again was 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 brilliant. That was that was that was great. The the app that I mentioned earlier, just there were some glitches, I think, there in the app and how the group ride messages worked. Um, and then um, I think there's just some tweaks that needed doing to the physics of it. So, uh, for example, on the on the descents, because you have this rubber band effect, if you're at the back, you kind of get slung shot forward towards the rest of the group. On the, def on the descents, that effect is magnified quite a lot, so you end up sort of this slightly unrealistic fling through the peloton that you're riding with. So you go, go straight through off the front. Um, and then the only other aspect was um, a friend who stayed on at the end and he felt that he would still, 
he was the last one riding and felt that he was still benefiting from the group draft effect. So he messaged me afterwards to say I was tapping along at two watts per kilo, doing about 40 kilometers per hour. So it was passing others who were putting out a higher effort level. Um, that is interesting. So if you yeah. set up a group ride and nobody else comes and you're on it, you could uh, you could get all, all kinds of comms. Yeah, possibly. Well, we did get a comm in the actual ride itself, actually, going through Sequoia Forest. So it, it, it felt a little bit like there was a kind of an aggregation of power from yeah. our group as a whole, um, because then having looked back on the leaderboard, we weren't sort of knocking out the power that other people who were previously on the leaderboard had been doing. Um so, yeah, we did get that one com coming through Sequoia Forest. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's always good to get a com. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, acid test question, uh, and I'll ask you to speak on behalf of the group. No doubt there was a bit of chat about it afterwards. Would you do it again? Yes, absolutely. Um, really good. And I think what we would, having done the first one, we've learned more about the functionality and how it works. Um, it's really key for um, everyone to be, sort of expecting how the ride is going to work. So it works best, I think, as part of a structured workout. So if we can all do our own thing effectively, but we're all sharing a conversation at the same time. So we're all zwifting together, but we're all doing maybe slightly different training approaches. Um, and as long as everyone knows that that's how it's going to work, it, it's absolutely spot on. Brilliant. Oh, that's a great review, Christian. Very, very thoughtful. Thanks very much for that. Glad you enjoyed it. Um, I'll definitely try and get on the next one, mate. I promise. Cool. Thanks very much. <laughs> Look forward to it. <laughs> and uh, thanks for being on the Zwiftcast. Cool. No, thanks for the invite, Si. Uh, we've had a bit of a pop at Zwift with, with, with a couple of things this episode, but actually this feature is fantastic. I mean, Christian and his mates, my mates, actually, a lot of them thought it was great. Um, Shane, I think it's, it's a corking feature, this, isn't it? So what you're telling me is I could run an event and I ride the mountain bike and my friends ride the road bike and I can tow them around the jungle and we stay together at my pace. I think we've just found a hole in the system to set some KOMs here. <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's a good idea. I, I really think that um, I'm, I'm from the thought process that Zwift should build the reality and people, the community, us, come along and use it and invite our friends along like we did back in the old days when Zwift was 10 employees and it was still in beta and we got all our friends on it and we rode and we had a great time. Anything that can promote that back to the grassroots of what grew Zwift into what Zwift is today, fantastic. And if that is we can spin up our own events, invite our friends, go for a ride, share that experience. I'm not saying it's going to replace outdoor cycling, but we can gather people around. Maybe we have a Zwift cast ride one day if we can spin one of those up. Yeah. That's super cool. So, yeah, I'm all for these new features that change the gameplay experience. I, t- I completely agree. And, I mean, the best thing about this is you can do your own ride within the group. Uh, I mean, and Nathan, I know you, you stream a lot of your training rides. I would imagine this would be a fantastic for that. Yeah, this changes things. I was actually asking for this feature a few weeks back, like, oh, I really wish we had this at this point. And boom, there it is. Specifically because I started training for 2020, I'm streaming it and I want people to just join in with the workout with me and they can then follow along. Um, We have FTL faster than light streaming on mixers, which means it's sub one second. Uh, You see the stream within one second. So like coach rides, if you're doing a live stream on mixer, bam, you've got Peloton Mm -hmm, on Zwift mm -hmm. essentially like and people can just hey follow me on the app and join me for my rides they set it up and next thing you know you're coaching all of your athletes and they're following you and having to do what you do and you all stick together that was the main thing when i was getting together for these rides like this if i didn't have a workout event 
then we would all separate. You know what I mean? And then it's kind of like, well, I'm not really riding with you. And it gets, you know what I mean? So that whole part of it is, um, is definitely really cool that you can rubber band that together. Uh, there are obviously a couple of holes in the system, like you said, though, that, you know, you just jump in with somebody who's like crazy fast and you're setting two PBs. But I mean, there's also that reality in events though, too. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a great feature and I'm, I'm going to be using it now and, uh, for the, uh, go, go Gara ride. So good, good deal. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it's an absolutely fantastic feature. And, and I speak slightly from a position of ignorance because I've not, I've not set one up. I'm actually doing one tonight, actually. Um, um, after I get the Zookast edited, I'm, I'm, I'm doing one of these rides with, with this very group actually that we just heard from tonight. So I speak slightly from a position of ignorance, but I do wish there was just a bit more of a simple mechanism of, of inviting people. So if there was like, I don't know, uh, a shareable link that you could ping out on email or one of your other, you know, millions of channels, uh, uh, and, you know, this is my ride tonight, click on this link to join it. I, I sort of wish that was there, Shane. Oh, absolutely. And we can hook that in with an Amazon affiliate and get a few dollars out of it when they next purchase toilet paper. I'm all for it. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's carping criticism because that, that really, really is a good feature. Um, okay, well, there's been a lot of chat about Zwift, hasn't there? But I sort of guess that's why we're here, really. Um, so let's, let's finish off in the same manner. Um, in John's forum post, the one about dirt gaze, I mean, that was mainly about Rumble in the Jungle, but he did, he did as he often does, drop a, a, a little nugget or two extra. Uh, I want to thank the community for all... This is John speaking. I want to thank the community for all the feedback on the steering test we launched, or launched earlier this month. While the early sceptics were certainly vocal about it, blah, 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 blah. In the end, we've had almost 20,000 test rides fully completed start to finish and overwhelmingly positive feedback. Uh, what was meant to be a low-volume test, uh, I think it could end up as a permanent addition to Watopia in the future. That's real news, boys. That's a real Zwift news. Permanent addition to Watopia in the future. And maybe a whole network of single-track trails can spread through the wilderness of Watopia one day. Nathan, that probably excites you greatly, doesn't it? I think it's amazing. Like, I... So, <laughs> I'm, I was writing... Okay, I had a little bit of feedback to give on a few of those lines. Like, who was writing... Who was making those lines about how we, <laughs> how we were... I was, like, trying to do what I usually do on the mountain bike. You go wide and cut short. And it was, like, making me cut short and go... And I would get... So, I was like, fine, I'll get the stars the way that they want me to get the stars. But, like, that... I absolutely love that. The other thing, I was starting to feel like Mario Kart too at the same time I think the mountain bike maybe and the steering starts bringing in some of these because like you had to hit certain lanes and those lanes gave you reward and speed right same thing like with Mario Kart you hit a certain lane you get the little question mark box it flicks around and says hey you got this thing like really cool feature it's a little bit more gamified I think mountain biking in general is a little bit more gamified you're threading the needle through trees like crazy i guess i don't know that's a bias probably somebody would say no pack riding and a crit is probably just as but the uh i absolutely loved it and i i would think it'd be so cool to find different ways to like travel from one section to another section of watopia and very motivating then to 
ride more and then like, oh, I'm going to go check this out. There's a shortcut then through, you know what I mean? Like they would be really cool if they were shortcuts, portals to different areas you want to go to, but it was like a skills test at the same time. Really cool ideas there. I mean, I think, you know, they probably got a million of those right now that they're uh, testing out and thinking of throwing out there. So very exciting to me. Yeah, shortcuts is a good idea. Um, I don't know whether you know this, but do you know IKEA is full of shortcuts? You know IKEA, a dreadful, dreadful place you have to go to. You get stuck in there. It's like a birdcage you can never get out of. Yeah, but you know no, the you're place supposed is to read the directions. That's why. No, 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 no one reads the manual. To go. That's like the long, long, long way round where you walk past every single product in the whole damn store. There are shortcuts. If you if you look really carefully in IKEA, you can get from one part to another really quickly. Anyway, is there a uh, YouTube uh, channel on this? There's got to be. What, what is this IKEA? <laughs> <laughs> Completely beside the point. What, are you uh, shopping for furniture right now? Or like, what is going on? Well, I have been. I have been known to have been dragged around IKEA from time to time. I was just so pleased to find out there were shortcuts, and I thought other people might not know that. So there you go. It's public. Public service announcement. Um, Shane, I know numbers excite you. Um, 20,000 completed rides. Well, we, of course, we don't know how many subscribers we've just got, but I'm kind of guessing that is possibly around about 10%, maybe. Roughly. Okay, closing the loop on the IKEA thing. IKEA is a great place to get yourself a lazy Susan, which is going to help you out for the steering course. <laughs> you prop your front wheel up, put it on a little bit of angle, which matches your head tube angle so the bike doesn't want to creep forward, and away you go. So follow Simon's advice and get yourself into IKEA and out quickly with a cheap lazy Susan. Links below. No, only kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised at, yeah, the numbers there, given it's kind of hidden away, it's on Titan's Grove. Most people would just jump on and click ride and, and go. Um, and a lot of the well, time, you think that's a big number? I do, I do, number. and it's actually quite difficult. I I don't know how I fluked it the first time. I got in and under is it nine minutes twenty, nine minutes thirty plus nine stars. I think I had everything set up optimally. The second time, hell no, I did not pass go at all. Um, mm. I like it. I, I, I'm waiting for further gravel tracks and just some more freedom in games so you can choose. And as what we've seen with the guest world, but giving people more choice is okay now. There's enough numbers on there. There's enough events, um, different bikes and things like that. People get to choose their own favorites. And if we can appeal to a little bit more, a different crowd, maybe some single trails, some single track, that'll be, keep, that'll be heaps of fun. And it will allow people a, a, a small sense of escapism as well. If you're just a roadie like us, Simon, looking at you, Nathan, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We can jump on and experience mountain biking for once, just in a playful environment or some gravel riding and maybe just like get a little bit of spark, you know, like the new toy. I'm all for it. New gameplay, in-game yeah. experience. I like it. Yeah. Well, um, the Zwiftcast seal of approval. No doubt John will sleep much easier in his bed tonight knowing he's got that. Did you sense some surprise at 20,000? I did in that. And I think... Mm. I think it was a test to, to their own uh, talking point that people just want to get on and do their workout. That's all they want to do. And 20,000 says, no, I don't think people anymore, at least there's a big chunk of them that they'll go out of their way because it was difficult to get to. Not a lot of people, you had to read the Zwift Insider thing to even know how to get there, it seemed like for most people. Mm -hmm. uh, and oh, subscribe to YouTube channel, come on. Oh yeah. Then there's, <laughs> I guess there's, you know, there's the llama. That guy. You know, yeah, that guy. I don't know. What he's up to. No, we had you guys. We actually had you up. Hang on. Let me interject here. Not that I'm any kind of expert statistician, but you know what? 20,000 completed rides could be a thousand people completing it 20 times. Hmm. 20 times? That's a lot. Mountain bikers. 
mountain bikers. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That is true. That is true. That now, is we've, true. now we've angered mountain bikers and triathletes this episode. Gosh. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. Uh, I'm going to get silly, silly hairy leg guys, dude. Shave your legs. <laughs> I, think I think we've just alienated about a third of the audience. I'm really sorry. At least 20,000 of them. 4,000. <laughs> I've had some pretty – I've had a few quips with people inside Zwift about whether or not you should be shaving your legs except for outside of competition, actually. Always. Like, it's just for competition. Man, it's just for showing off for the photos. That's all it's for. <laughs> let's not get into that. Um, okay, well, talking about shaved legs, let's have our uh, once an episode um, obligatory short discussion about esports. Uh, this was a real under the radar thing, uh, deliberately so, said Swift. Uh, they called it a test and learn esports event, and it was at the London six day track meet. Uh, this saw a number of Swift races take place in track centre. Wow. Uh, the feedback on Twitter was brutal. Um, I know a few loudmouths can make these things seem a lot worse than they are, or they can make criticism seem disproportionate. But the Twitter sphere was not a comfortable place for those involved in InSwift esports. I mean, Nathan, it was such a hostile response. I guess kind of, the, I mean, the crowd had paid to see Mark Cavendish and, and Viviani and Caleb Ewan race around the track. That's what they paid for. That was what the expectation was. Maybe they hadn't paid to watch unknowns ride spin bikes, as one particularly vicious tweet had it. Um, was this a good move by Zwift? I mean, it, it was experimental, it was test and learn, but to put... Zwift Esports in direct proximity with, you know, with the most traditional of, of disciplines at track racing. Was that, was that a good, good idea? Well, in hindsight, I mean, 2020, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. growing a sport is, I think, what eSport needs to be about. Um, I, I mean, I would have probably done it. Like, oh, that sounds like a cool idea. Yeah, we're in amongst cyclists. and But in hindsight, looking at it, it's like, oh, um, these people didn't pay to see this, like you said. And we just pretty much, I mean, one of the, one of the responses is like, why do I, why am I watching a Zwift commercial? Like people felt like it was just, it was just a commercial for something. And um, for, with Vision Cycling, when we were trying to grow the sport of mountain biking, because we have like in the USA, it's, it's small and it's really hard to like... That's why NICA exists. It's the National Interscholastic Cycling Association. They're getting mountain biking into high schools. They're doing a great job of it. It's local infrastructure, local mentors, and a rhythm of doing it over and over again. And the sport exists in houses with people who are the community. And I think that needs to grow and that people who Zwift will watch Zwift and that's their sport. It's its own genre. And the, you know, it's like... It just doesn't mesh. Quite for, and then second of all, it doesn't mesh as well, obviously, with the regular, the, well, the outdoor cycling genres. We've already seen that. So it's kind you know, it, it is really kind of standalone. And um, I mean, yeah, you can get a lot of people who watch road to kind of watch cyclocross, but there isn't a lot, always a lot of crossover. And then people who watch road to watch mountain bike is another leap. And so you don't just like put these you don't mix the other genres together like that. Why would we mix this genre like that? You know, so um, that's a good point. I mean, Shane, when when Zwift met Track, you know, if that had been a first date, I don't think they exchanged telephone numbers at the end, did they? Look, I think to talk in analogies, it would be a bold move to go to a steam rally and try and sell Tesla cars. 
<laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, good. Very good analogy. Okay, well, it's November, believe it or not, in a day or two, and I think we'll be on a fairly regular monthly update cycle, roughly monthly update cycle now for the game, for the Zwift game. Uh, in my interview with John earlier this year, he did say that a wholesale UI update was a coming. Do you think that's something we're going to see sooner rather than later in the in this in the indoor cycling season? It kind of makes sense if if we're going to change the way the game looks or or Long Beach are that uh, that we see that sooner rather than later. I think. Yeah, I would think so. I think a UI update right now would be really really great as all the users. Okay, so we had Fusion Esports first uh, World of Fusion. It's a series we're doing in the community. We almost what was it quadrupled our numbers. Like, I think people are jumping on right now, you know, and it would be really cool to have something fresh and new to look at uh, as a whole. Can I can I go back? I want to say one thing, though, about the track event and what mm-hmm. and what happened there. There was one more thing that I think is really important because the benefit there of, of, of the doubt and the 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 positive that was pulled away was when people are coming for Zwift, it's amazing. And I think the idea was to throw a party like they do, did it at, at uh, Yorkshire and like with these crank it up that the Wahoo crank it up stuff. Like whenever yeah, you go yeah. and people show up for Zwift, it's an awesome party and it's like woohoo and all of that. I think it's just, it was the wrong expectation. That's all. So I wanted to make sure that we touched on like, Hey, we've seen it work in these kinds of environments when people are there specifically, Oh, Zwift, you know what I mean? And, and, and yeah, it's yeah, people who yeah, like it. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, it is a good point, you know, uh, but as Shane so pithily put it, uh, don't bring a Tesla to a steam rally. Um, so, you know, maybe <laughs> if we're having a Tesla rally, let's have Teslas there. Um, Shane, the number one thing you'd like to see in a new UI, and I'm not prepared to accept this um, uh, text moved from the middle of the screen to the bottom of the screen, because we know you want that. So what would be the next thing that you'd want in a UI? Well, first off, and I've been pulled up on this on my own podcast, is defining what we mean when we speak in codes. UI, it's the user interface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what so UI stands for. How the game looks. Yeah. So, game looks. look, it's definitely due for a refresh. If you go back to John Mayfield's personal YouTube channel, if you do a bit of Google ninjaing, you'll find it. Zwift looks very similar still. There's some characteristics there. And it's been brought forward and brought forward and, and fixed a little bit. And it just doesn't quite fit on the screen now if you've got a Tax Neo with the um, road rumble feel and this and that. So, look I, look, I will welcome anything that doesn't involve me putting my Apple TV remote through the window. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, and being able to clean up the screen as well. So being able to take off the menu and stuff. Got, you've only got to pick up the Apple TV remote to want to put it through the window. <laughs> I mean, that is honestly, I mean, I uh, It's a big problem. task ahead for them. It's I'm a big task. <laughs> I really do, you know, and I'd even go so far as to say I like a lot of Apple products and may own a few of them, but that that Apple TV remote. <laughs> the first time I deal. picked it up, I was like, do you use this for anything? Like, like interacting with Zwift was impossible. But I was like, do you, how do you use this just to use the TV? Like this thing is like bad. Anyways. <laughs> it's not that bad on the TV, but on Zwift, it's a nightmare. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. God, we've moaned a lot. Yeah. We? Why are we complaining <laughs> we've so much? We've laughed a lot too. No, we've laughed a lot. It's snowing <laughs> here. That's the problem. <laughs> and I'm too hot. Okay. 
yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, new UI, UI user interface, which is the way the game looks. I think that will come quite soon in the season if that uh, if uh, listeners are interested. In my opinion, okay. So that's it, boys. Another one has flown by, flashed past. Uh, we seem to have managed to upset uh, at least a third of the listenership. Um, hacked off every triathlete who who will listen to the podcast. I'm very sorry. We love you, triathletes. We really, really do. Um, yeah, we do. We do. Honestly, we do. Um, any other business? Um, Shane, what's your next video, mate? I, I wasn't going to make any correlation there between triathletes being the Apple TV remote of the cycling world. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Look, we're just having a bit of fun. Um, look, this week is again. It is sunshine and like sheep and flowers and outside rides. So there's power meters, which do directly relate to what I'm testing indoors. Um, I'm always on at really weird times of the day testing as well. So if you see me online, um, I'll be doing a llama lab test, putting things through their paces. And if I do sprint off on you, it's just my over and unders. I'm not trying to out sprint you. Um, <laughs> other than that, yeah, same old, same old. Have you done the main bulk of your testing with with the smart bikes now? I have. I have with the ones that have been released. That's the tax bike. Um, the I still need to get my hands again on the Watt Bike Atom for the new firmware because the Watt Bike Atom has a new release. This is really weird. Just again, a bit of a rabbit hole. They've backtracked and given you rather than twenty to twenty two gears, they're giving us eleven now. But it makes more sense because the gaps are easier to click through because the Watt Bike doesn't have the big ring, small ring virtualization. So I'm keen to give that a shot for Swift because that, that exactly is going to address one of the issues I had with Swift. So lots of time on those bikes, but again, lots of time outdoors because that sun is shining. Well, you've been cooped up all winter, haven't you? We're, oh, yeah. Uh, of course, you're in upside down land. So who could blame you for wanting to get out and get some fresh air? Uh, Nathan, the opposite, I'm guessing, for you, mate, with the snows coming in the Midwest. Um, so um, a big, big emphasis on streaming your training rides back to, back to, back to basics, back to where it all started for you? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, there's been an uptick of uh, Gogo Gara rides, so we've been doing that. And uh, got to start with strength, though, so we're in the weight room, which is good. Big checks from Microsoft um, for Mixer, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, and so there's there's <laughs> a lot going on there where we're going to have a lot of focus on some Mixer stuff actually in the coming awesome. uh, month or two because it's the platform's just booming. Um, and yep. then we're focusing in on some community racing and that's going to be growing slowly and steadily. And uh, World of the Fusion is the main focus right now. I'd also be, you know, I, I can't, I don't think I can say too much just yet, but there is going to be some really cool North American focused uh, community stuff for all categories. So um, that's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to, to be doing that stuff. So yeah, that's what's coming up. Excellent. Okay. Well, as ever, thank you very much indeed for uh, for your time and for your opinions, which are always welcome, not only by me, but by the entire Swiftcast listenership. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I'll see you next time. Thanks very much. Enjoy your cycling and goodbye. Cheers. Happy Halloween. And there goes episode 71. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Just the usual housekeeping announcement. Whilst we are incredibly grateful for the continuing support of Zwift to the podcast, which enables us to publish regularly, nothing that we say is in any way influenced by Zwift. We decide what goes in the Zwiftcast, not Zwift. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. <laughs>